It's time for another power-packed episode of Headspace with Dr. Mike. Each week, Dr. Mike is committed to addressing real life, sometimes polarizing and controversial issues, while offering practical and informed insight. Listen in as we discuss hot topics that matter to us and the communities we live in. What's up, everybody? It's Headspace time. How's everybody doing? today for another week my man seth what's going on hope all is well with you as well i'm sorry i went ahead and pushed it ahead of time crystal don't mind me i was just trying to see it y'all i'm excited to be with you all we're here for another episode of headspace with dr mike i am i just want to let you all know that i am so humbled that you take time to uh spend some time listening in and tuning in Either you're a part of the live audience that we broadcast uh, every day on social media, or if you listen to the podcast, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. I do not take that for granted. What's up, Kevin? What's up, mama? How are you? Love you. I just, I do not take for granted that you all take time out of your day to listen in. And uh, I'm glad you are. And I'm glad you are listening. I may sound a little funny today. I'm just letting y'all know that uh, I was in Utah uh, all of uh, the week for uh, the Association of Talent and Development. And uh, no, it is not COVID, just so y'all know, because, you know, some people, I may cough or something, you all will be worried. It is not COVID. I've been tested twice just to make sure. Looks like I brought back a sinus infection. So my sinuses and my ears are bothering me. But you know what? That's why the Lord gave the doctors knowledge of how to remedy that <coughs> excuse me and i have the antibiotics working through my system and i have a beautiful wife that is playing nurse shavela taking care of me and so we're gonna be all good but what you didn't come in for that what you came in for was today's show headspace was guest what i want you to welcome our guest host for today uh brianna dupree come on brie come on and join the people how are you brie I'm doing great. How are you, Dr. Mike? Oh my gosh, I'm doing awesome. It's so good to see you. So, Brie, several years ago, I'm not going to try to date us. I'm not going to try to, you know, as people can figure out the math. Right. I was on a little recruitment trip, and there was an impressionable uh, young, I want to say you were a junior, or maybe you were, no, I think you were a junior. Were you a junior? Yeah, you were a junior. Yeah, I was a junior. Yeah. An impressionable junior. I think you were SGA president or you were on the way to be an SGA president. Yeah. She came to this college fair. If I, I I may be wrong, but I think you had a leather briefcase. Like I think <laughs> I can't remember. I think you came in there like ready to go. Like you were ready to sign off on somebody's contract. Um and I do remember having conversations with the other uh college reps, and they were equally as impressed with you as I was. But I, I won the bag. You sure um, did. You did make it over to Cedarville. I did. I'm so proud of you and all that you've been accomplishing. And you guys are going to be learning a lot more about Bree uh, over our time today. She agreed without even really giving it much thought. I texted her and said, hey, would you be willing to guest host with me on Saturday? And you were like, absolutely. I mean, it was literally within five minutes of sending the text. Like, it's easy. 
Now, one of the jokes that I have, so so I'm gonna tell this little quick story though. Um, there's a group of us. So I, you know, in my fourth life, I was responsible for bringing um, more students of color to our alma mater, right? And uh, so I was responsible for really recruiting particular African-American students. And so um, one of them was the one that I really, I, I like the, the joke that I recruited him like a blue chip athlete. <laughs> and he actually ended up taking over my role when I departed from Cedarville. Right. And, and he ended up like just really just taking it to the next level. And yeah. so you and um, a couple of the other guys that are in, we have a, a, a Marco Polo. Yes, y'all, let me tell y'all something. I'm the old man, and they let me be a part of this Marco Polo. <laughs> we love that. They let me be a part of it. And so we have this Marco Polo. We call it the Church on Fire Elders. Yes. And uh, we get together. And I mean, we literally talk to each other pr practically every day. Yes. Um, and uh, it's been incredible. And so, you know, we knew, like, we know about everything that's going to everybody's lives, but it's just so awesome to have you on the show. So, Bree, you got right. anything you want to say to the people? Yeah, I just want to say thank you, Dr. Mike, first of all, for letting me come on. And I'm excited just to talk and hang out today. That's why I responded so quick. Mike is my brother, a father figure at times when I need it, and a little rebu rebuking correction. <laughs> so if he asks me for anything, my answer is yes. Oh, so I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be here. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm honored. Well, I tell you what, let's go ahead and get into the show. Um, Bree, what's happening in the news? What's What's going on? Yeah, so uh, Hurricane Ida is out here. Everybody's talking about it. So my family uh, lives in Pennsylvania. So I just checked on them this week just because there is a lot of flooding out where they are. But thankfully, like my sister works from home. My baby sister goes to school from home. My brother's in college, but he's had no like real significant da damage from his college campus. And so, but it's crazy to see the, the impact it's having all across the Northeast. It's, it's really insane. I mean, this is nuts. First of all, um, you know, I, I don't I don't use this lightly. Thoughts and prayers are with all the families that are dealing with um, this all the way from Louisiana up to even Maine. Yes. Um, just crazy. I mean, it, it, it made landfall in Louisiana, but then it just oh, it just trashed everybody else like the <clears throat> the images of the flooding in New York City. They said, I think they said that this, that stuff like that doesn't happen in like 500 year increments. Right. Oh, man. It's, it's ridiculous. And it's been seeing all the, we were just talking about the people who have been jumping into the water now, the flooding, <laughs> and how many diseases they probably contracted. Right. <laughs> and going. Is, listen, that water is browner than us. And right. they all jumping into it. Like, how you, how you look at that? Hey, Shabella. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't get it. It's insane. It's it insane. is insane. But hey, um, I know that Louisiana, um, especially, they haven't had power, right? Uh, so I just, it just, I think the the piece of it that is just, I think, is humbling is the fact that sixteen years to the day of Katrina, right? Right. right. So just they they can't catch a break. I know a lot of people who actually left um, New Orleans. Uh, after Katrina and never returned. And so I wonder if that's probably going to be the same thing for this go round too. It's just, uh, it's just so heart wrenching. Right. It's terrible. Oh my gosh. So the other piece of news we have is uh, of course, we still have the fallout from the troop withdrawal from Afghanistan. Right. And um, I think you and I both have a lot of friends and even family members who at some, to some degree uh, played a role in 
pieces of that, right? Either they were deployed over there or they have to support people that are over there. Right. Um, I think that is just uh that is just a sad piece. Now tell me this, you're down in Florida now. Mm-hmm. What is going on? Are are you guys taking any refugees down there or are they doing anything down in Florida to kind of care for the people that are coming from Afghanistan? Yeah, nothing that I've really heard of about uh, anything in Florida. I'm not sure like what our governor is doing, what the state's doing. Okay. Um, I just know just watching, like you said, I have friends who have been deployed out there. I have friends who have family members who are deployed out there. Um, and so just hearing all the like horrific news stories, it goes from being a news story that you watch on a TV show to one that's like, man, this is real. And even like the persecution of the church out there has went to a new level. And I mean, just, I think all the pictures have been heart-wrenching and I think it just, it weighed down my heart a little bit heavier than I think things in the past. I don't know, because just, we know so much right now and we're all at home or kind of, you know, trying to get through just COVID and then this happens on top of it, but it's been a lot to carry for sure. I tell you what, I think that, and we've talked about this before, just social media and then 24-7 news. Mm-hmm. I think that, that just um I think that really doesn't help the situation, right? It kind of, you know, just blows it up. I mean, because we're we're forced to do uh, to deal with it. Kevin asked, are you taking in refugees in Baltimore, Dr. D? Okay, so me personally, no. Uh, <laughs> they can't fit into our home. <laughs> but I do I do tell you that Maryland is playing a very active role in um taking on um, the refugees. As a matter of fact, um, yeah, the refugees, but then you also have um, the Americans that need to come home. Um, and that that is known as repatriation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, the agency that I do work for actually um, takes some um, takes some work in that. We actually do um, assist with those things when they get to a point. I, I believe there was several years ago, a war broke out in Lebanon and we had to get all of the Americans back home from that. So many people from my office actually were stationed at BWI. Um, I tell you what, people don't realize this, but when you're called back home, the government really does do what they can to take care of you. Like they, they, they bring you home, they work with you to get flights to wherever you need to get to. And then they give you like a no interest loan on housing. Like they actually give you money to, there's a whole lot of stuff that they do to just kind of get you on your feet and get you in a yeah. situation where you can be taken care of. And so it's not a bad deal. It's just a matter of, you know, you got to get home to get it, you know? So, um, and then here's the other thing, cause uh, you know, president Biden and, you know, um, the viewer, the listeners, you know, how you can kind of pretty much figure it out where I went when the last election happened. Um, just when it came to, the two options. But one of the things I will say is that I will um, be as critical of any leader, you know, regardless of who they are. And so with that being said, I don't necessarily, um, I don't necessarily know enough to be able to say whether or not President Biden should be impeached for this. Um, I do think that um, he really was damned if he did and damned if he didn't. Like, I think that he just was stuck. I'm sure we we would have liked to have seen it go a lot better. I just I'm not convinced that it would have. I right. think that um the Taliban made it very clear that if we weren't out by a certain date, they were gonna do what they were gonna do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> on top of that, you know, and I was we were talking matter of fact, we were talking to one of our friends. I was talking to one of our friends, Brie. Yeah. The question was how many of these, and this is not some people are gonna be upset with me, but that's why this is headspace with Dr. Mike. Mm-hmm. The date was always there. 
So why is it that people didn't start making plans before then? I guess that's my question. So that's a question I have. Like, I just would like to know, like, right. what were you doing in these 19 months when, you know, you were told that this date was looming? Did you start making preparation? Right. And maybe because I watch a lot of Homeland and 24 and all that stuff, mm-hmm. I am not convinced that there's not no covert operations that are happening as we speak. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. I feel and, and and the president can't get on the TV and say, all right, y'all, so SEAL, SEAL Team 7 is going to meet at this little rock on the cleft of the hill, right. pick up these people that are dressed like shepherds, and extract them. Like He's not going to say all that, you know? Right. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I have a vivid imagination. Right. One thing before we go on break, and this is, this is just a little weird. Nas X, what is he doing? Okay, listen. When he came out with the whole blood in the shoes, that, that was the thing before. Right. And now he's pregnant. Now, I think he's trying to, some people think he's taking a jab at Drake and his new album. Okay. Because his whole cover is all the, you know, the pregnant women or whatever, pregnant emojis. Oh, uh, uh, okay. He, he just likes to, I think Lil Nas just likes to stir the pot. I, I, obviously, he's been hurt. <laughs> he's trying to get back at some people. Who have hurt him? He just likes to do it. So when I saw it, I just rolled my eyes because I said he just trying again to get <laughs> attention, and it's worked. He got attention. He got attention because we're talking about it, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> and you know how when you're scrolling through, and you just see these little images. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> Sean. <laughs> Sean, who let Sean on Facebook? One of the elders said, what? now church pastors be pregnant with stuff, too. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, so, yeah, I, you know how you're scrolling through and you'll see something. And then all of a sudden, later on down the road, you're like, that's what that was about. Right. I remember scrolling through and there was like this pregnant man, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, well, what, is, what is going on? Right. And then I went back and said, oh, this fool <laughs> then did some stuff. To make it look like he, but did you see it? Like he really does look like he got the baby bump. Yes, he does. He one hundred percent does. And they say it, they. I mean, obviously it's fake, but he must have got some really good um, uh, makeup artists to do it. He did all that work, did a whole photo shoot. Who knows how many thousands of dollars he spent just to get people right up. So here is this is Drake's cover. I don't know if you can see it. We can't really. See. Oh yeah, the different emojis. Yeah. yeah. So people think that he's trying to maybe do a little like. Uh, play on that. Yeah, play on that. Well, and you know what's funny? Mm-hmm. Not Carlton Banks, you know, not Carlton Banks, the social media influencer. Yes. Yeah. He posted something with his little character is pregnant. I, you know, <laughs> they're all a mess. They are all a mess. <laughs> we can't catch a break. <laughs> we can't catch a break. But speaking of breaks, let's go ahead and catch our first break. Awesome. 2020 gave birth to a lot of endeavors. Here in 2021, everyone has had to get in touch with their inner producer. Our man Garrett Brace is one of those guys you need on your team. We at Headspace with Dr. Michael clients of his as he ensures all of our audio files are crisp, clean, and cool. If you have any audio, video, and even lighting needs, hit them up at GWalt Services on Instagram. Remember, GWalt Services, servicing all your audio, video, and lighting needs. So today's heads up is titled Making Room for Growth. 
And you all know that I do a lot with talking about um, setting goals and expectations for yourselves. One of the things that I always talk about is, you know, I like to use the word expectation and not goal, because I feel that if you set an expectation, then the consequences of not achieving that expectation seem a little more, um, seem a little more tight as opposed to a goal. We set goals all the time, but we give ourselves permission, either consciously or unconsciously, to not achieve that goal. And so one of the things that uh, we really set is expectations. And so whatever it is, if you set an expectation set a goal, I'm not going to mark you off for it. But that's just my rationale for it. So with that, one of the things we always talk about is stretch, you know, stretch goals, right? We always say, you know, you want to set something that you want to have to stretch out to be able to reach. And I think those are great. But, you know, one of the things that I think, and I work with coaching other people from time to time, and one of the things that I, if it, I never hear them say right away is that they set a goal to grow. They may set a goal to lose weight. They may set a goal to um, get better grades. They may set a goal to do better with their uh, finances, uh, to get in a relationship, uh, to be a better family member. But I never really hear them say, you know what? I just want to grow. Like I want to grow from point A to point B or where I'm at to the next thing. And, and one of the things I want to challenge you all as we're really thinking about how we're moving into this last quarter of 2021 is have you made room for growth? Right. And what do I mean by that? So if any of you horticulturalists out there, bear with me. And, I, and you may have to correct me a little bit out there, but bear with me. If I plant a plant, and, and of course, when it's a baby, it's only going to need a certain amount of space for its roots to get entrenched. But one of the things we find out is if after a while, there's only a certain point that the plant will grow in that pot, right? And if I were to have a situation, I'm like, why will my plant grow? You can Google this and they'll tell you, well, you probably need to get a bigger pot for it. Why? Because it needs to grow. And so what you have to do is if I stay in this pot, how can I expect to grow beyond the pot if I haven't given myself room to grow in the pot? So a lot of times what ends up happening is I put the plant in the type of pot that it needs to be able to expand into, right? Um, a great example of this is in the book of Isaiah, chapter 54, verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitation be stretched out. Do not hold back, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. And if you get further into it and, you know, Elder Dupree, she can probably fix some of my theology on this if, if I mess it up. But one of the things we recognize here is that it talks about the fact that there are blessings that are coming to you, but you haven't gotten them yet. But the thing about it is in expectation of what's to come, you got to be ready to receive it. And there's a lot of blessings. And, and I don't want to say this, you know, I'm not trying to scare away all my non, non-churchy folk, but there are a lot of blessings that there are things that you're wanting. There, there's growth that you want to have. But one of the reasons why you haven't really been able to get it is because you haven't made room for it, right? Um, there's somebody out there who's um, in a process of like trying to lose weight, right? <clears throat> and that's the that's the world that I'm living in. By the way, just as an FYI, because because I want to give you all a piece of uh, of um, accountability. Um, you all know I told you guys what my magic number was. 
Um, you know, I told you what my magic number was. My magic number was back at the beginning of August was 554. Guess what, y'all? I got on the scale today and it was 520. Um, so I want to let you know that and I'm, I'm being consistent with that. And, and I tell you that because these are some things that we do. When you make room for growth, what happens is not only are you able to kind of be able to grow into it, but also you're, you're able to see the progress that you've made, right? Um, so you're trying to lose weight. So what you do is you get a couple of outfits that you haven't been able to fit in yet. And what you do is from time to time, what you do is you start putting yourself in those outfits so that you can start, guess what? Seeing the progress, but also you're prepared for when you actually can fit it. Here's the other thing. You've been asking for that job. <clears throat> You've been sitting there waiting for the situation. You know what you do? You go ahead and you set your alarm for that time that you would have to get up to prepare for that job. And some people even say, get dressed for the job. Go out in your car, drive to the location, do what you got to do. But the point is the idea of making room for growth. You got to make room for growth. Um, one other piece that I want to say about that is making sure that when you're making room for growth, that also means you have to be careful that you don't have anything that gets in the way and strangles your growth. What I mean by that? Go back to the plant in the illustration. One of the reasons why you got to get in a bigger, bigger, bigger plot pot is because your roots start expanding. They start going out. They start growing out. And along the way, they could get caught up in some rocks. They could get caught up in some sticks. They can get caught up in, you know, they may not get enough of the nutrients that they need. And so what ends up happening is that ends up stifling the growth as well. What does that have to do with me? Well, how many of us have been in situations like relationships that were unhealthy for us? And you're wondering why you can't get any rest at night. You're wondering why your hair is falling out. You're wondering why your, your, your digestive system is not working the way it is. Well, part of it is because you're getting the wrong types of nutrients in your body. You have some folk that are strangling your growth. Every time you start talking about where it is that you believe that you're supposed to be going, what it is that what it is that God has said that he wants to do for you or that he's promised that he's going to take you to or the, all those things. You have the naysayers to say, well, that's not going to work for you or you're not ready for that. Da, da, da. That's stifling your growth. So making room for growth may mean that I have to put myself in a situation where those people, you don't have to necessarily pull them out of your life, but you have to pull them out of that place of influence in your life. We give many people too much power over what it is that we're supposed to be going into. And at the end of the day, we got to remember, I know what I heard. I know what I heard. And that's how you make room for growth. With that being said, that's my heads up. the Headspace with Dr. Mike show on all social media platforms at Headspace DM. We want to keep you up to date on all of our hot topics and keep the dialogue going even after the show. We also value what's important to you and your community. DM your show ideas to us on Instagram or Facebook. The next time you log on, you may hear Dr. Mike discussing the very topic or issue close to your heart. Making room for growth. My goodness. Bree, you know what? I'm going to tell you something. Your testimony. 
I think that spoke to you as well, because that's kind of been our story for these last uh, this last 18 months, hasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, I was over here shouting you down. Good thing my my mic was muted because <laughs> I would have disrupted everything. But yes, it's true. You have to make room um, for growth. And, you know, we've talked about it before that I have left kind of the conventional word, world of ministry. I felt like I was calling me to step out on my own two feet and start a ministry that really has no blueprint. It's quite unique. And I'll talk about that later. But um, what you said definitely resonated with me that you have to make room for growth. And for me, it looked like leaving my steady, consistent job at a church I loved in Ohio to move to Florida to stand on my own two feet to start a ministry that I feel like God um, has uh, created for me. And so I'm I'm making room actively and literally making room for growth in those areas. So, yeah, you almost had me underneath this table, but I had to keep myself together. Ah. <laughs> you talk about you I'm gonna tell y'all something. By the end, by the end of this, uh, by the end of this <laughs> session, I, don't be surprised if there's a point where we ain't speaking in English. You know, <laughs> this one right here has a way of pulling those things out. Jesus. So let's deal with a couple little um, head 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 notes, though. Yeah. Um, we got a situation in in Texas. Yes. Texas, I tell you, they're just acting up, aren't they? They really. <laughs> They are. They really are doing it up. And, and you know, I am very fascinated by this because they, you know, we haven't even begun to talk about the um, the real restrictive voting laws that they've established. Right. Um, and I mean, unfortunately, it's it's our country is divided among party lines. Right. It, it really is. Yeah. Um, but they really made the news when they made what is considered one of the most restrictive abortion laws in the country. Yes. Um, talk to us a little bit about what that is. Like what exactly, what exactly is this law? Yeah, so, so from my understanding, they've, they've banned pretty much all abortions um, in, in Texas um, for anyone. And so there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, uh, debate about whether or not this is really about women's rights. Is this, are they making the right decision? And, you know, you and I have talked before and, you know, as believers, I, I definitely believe that, you know, uh, the life happens at conception. Yeah. So now, Let's make sure we clarify for people. Yeah, absolutely. Basically the way the law stands is it's 80, practically 80% of the abortions that will be had in Texas are no longer legal. Yes. I think it's a, uh, it's uh, six six weeks from basically six weeks when the heartbeat can be um, can be heard, like once they can confirm that there's a heartbeat. Right. <clears throat> and so I think one of the first issues is most people don't even know that they're pregnant at six weeks. Right. Right. And then secondly, um, they don't make it doesn't make any type of um, you know rape incest. Right. All of that. And I think the biggest part of it is it's not so much that like a person will arrest you for getting an abortion. It is if I'm a citizen and I find out that you got one or you help someone get one. Right. I can report you. No, I can sue you. Right. And if I win the suit, I can be awarded ten thousand dollars. What in the I've never heard of anything like that. Like. <laughs> It's, I mean, it's really crazy. And you think, I mean, I have a lot of friends who are like, you know, thank God because, you know, and I'm, I'm pro-life, but I'm pro-all life. Yeah. And so that means that when you make a, when you make a law like this, you have to think about, okay, so are we going to, are we going to give more funding to women's centers? Are we giving exactly. more 
funding to you know adoption and foster care. I'm, I'm just thinking about like the impact this is going to have. And the scene that I just have in my mind, it might be funny, but it's in Four Colored Girls. There's that scene where uh, it's Macy Gray. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Macy Gray does the like in the alleyway abortion for this girl because she can't afford one. And I was thinking of there are going to be more girls who do that. I'm not, you know, and I've been able to walk people through abortions before. I've, I've helped people make the decision not to do abortions, but because they didn't do the abortion because they had support elsewhere. And so I think even as believers, yes, I'm pro-life and no, I don't want to see mothers kill their babies, but we have to put them in a position to say, okay, now we're going to help you. And uh, we can't just rejoice over our law and not really think through the impact of it. So I think I, I, I was appreciative that you brought this up on the show. I think more Christians need to be talking through the implications of this law rather than just being like, oh, praise God, you know, <laughs> uh, there no more babies going to be killed. Yeah, they still are, but it's going to be, we're probably going to lose the moms too now. That 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 is you're right. That scene in um for color girls, where the young woman goes to get an abortion, and the character that makes a great place. I think about that. She had she was this dirty apartment. Filthy. She was smoking a cigarette. Oh my god! She mixed some liquor and some um, other stuff in in a bucket. Right. And that was supposed to sterilize the the tool she used yeah and then i think the um what she used for anesthesia was basically she got the girl she gave the girl a, a drink yeah mm -hmm. and and then she did the back alley abortion yeah and that's that's how it's gonna be i mean or what's gonna happen is people just are gonna they're gonna go somewhere else to do it i just it's 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 very interesting and you're right um as christians we're rejoicing over that but did we rejoice over everything else like like you said, the funding increased in social services, like yes. really. And working in social services, I'm going to tell you, um, we're not the most funded programs right? in, in, in the states. Right. Those Sad. programs don't bring money in. And so therefore, they're not, they're not funded like that. And most of them are funded federally, right, by certain. So now you got, and then not to mention, we don't pay the social workers enough. And can you imagine? So... We're not even let's talk about the mental health. Right. So oh, you right. have a rape victim, right, right, who now is forced to have this baby and look at this and always, I mean, so we're going to deal with their mental their mental wellness? Yeah, we have to. And I think, I mean, if, if church people are going to get upset, then I think we need to take the forefront of that charge then and say, okay, if, we, if we've banned abortions, then we're going to take, we're going to be on the front lines and say, we're going to help these these girls, these women, come up with the money for mental health care and all those things. I, mean, I just think we have to we have to back up our words. And if we're going to be pro life, let's be pro all life. And all so life. I'm in no way, shape, or form any type of feminist. I'm not. You know that there's there's this phrase, this like meme going around that says it's telling when you can you'll get uh, there's more of a penalty for having an abortion than there is for being raped. Mm -hmm. so don't say that it's against. This is not a fight against women. So I'm not convinced that there's a war against women in America. But I think there's a point that there's more of a penalty for having an abortion than there is for you being raped. That's something we need to look at. And I, you know, I'm not in those positions to make those laws, but something I thought about because I have friends who've experienced that before and have been raped and been molested and thinking through, man, their rapists are still out here living their best life for a lot of them. And now, you know, if someone were to have an abortion, which again, I'm pro-life, if someone has an abortion, they get they'll get more penalty than that. So, yeah. God help us. I mean, I just, I just think that, um, you know, I'm still convinced that legalizing mortality. I mean, I'm sorry, morality, legislating morality, is not the way to go. 
Right. Um, I agree. I think that, you know, we want to legislate. And then I think you're right. And my wife brings this up. So the same people that are like rooting this, they exactly. don't want us to mandate wearing a mask or vaccinations. And it's crazy. I don't know. I just, I just, I just find it fascinating that we're having this conversation and we're, we're looking at it from both sides, I guess. I just, um, I just, I really want to see, and what I want to see in our churches is let's deal with this. Like, let's deal with the hearts of people, you Absolutely. know, recognizing that it's the Holy Spirit that does the work. Yes. Right? And it's Absolutely. the Holy Spirit that can change a person's mind. And God gave us free will, you know, yes. he gave us free will. And in some ways, um, I did a whole Bible study this summer over um, Joshua. Mm -hmm. I did Joshua, but then Galatians, that's what it was. And one of the things that really fascinated me about Galatians was just the work that had to be done during that time to pull people out of the mindset of law versus grace. Right. Absolutely. And I feel like now, now be careful here because I don't want anybody sitting there saying, well, you can't compare America to <laughs> you know early Israel, which by the way, I think some people tend to do. That's another episode. <clears throat> um, but I think that the sentiment is very true. Like we get so caught up in these rules and restrictions that we forget about the work that Jesus did on the cross. Right. And then here's the other thing. A woman that gets an abortion, I know a few, They, I think they think every day about that decision that they made. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm convinced. They think every day about that decision that they made. Mm -hmm. and, and and know that I do not, I'm not compelled to believe that it is a very easy decision for the average person. Right. I so agree. I just think, I think that there's going to be some interesting thing. I mean, I'm, I'm even just thinking about um, what are the implications going to be for the fathers? Like how many fathers are going to be kept out of the decision um, of what happens to their child? Because the woman's going to go to another state and get an abortion and not going to tell the father because the, they're worried that the father's mother is going to tell on them. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Real life scenario. Right. So now yeah. you have fathers that didn't even know that they had, were even going to have a kid because they couldn't trust the father to keep it to themselves. Right. Oh, it's just, whew, I'm sorry. I just, I, I, I thought about that. And uh, man, we're going to have to keep, keep posted in that. And in our role in ministry, those are the types of things we're going to have to deal with. Absolutely. In the new church. Right. Well, we'll talk a little bit about that after the next break. Our world is filled with polarizing topics that land most people on one side or the other. The Headspace with Dr. Mike team isn't afraid to take them on. Monthly, we will invite people on both sides of some of the most controversial topics from the serious to the silly to debate their positions. We look forward to charged discussions that will inform and entertain. DM your head-to-head -head show ideas to us on Instagram or Facebook at Headspace DM. Looking around a little bit that um, I call Brianna Dupree. Um, I I, before the show, I was joking around that she is like a baby Iona Locke. <laughs> any of y'all know about uh, some, some women preachers, Iona Locke is one of the ones that I don't care what passage she preaches, she <laughs> always just has a way of, well, preached because she uh, did pass away recently. Yeah. Um, but anyway, in, in, in Bria, Bria can respect because, you know, being from the Philly area, East Coast, like, you know, she was, a, she was from New York, I believe, was it? Yeah, I think so. 
Yeah. <laughs> and so I always joke, I, listen, I, I say this all the time. I say Bree is one of them ones that if you in service and she on the pulpit and she starts looking in your direction, you better go ahead and just go to the bathroom or something. She about to pull your card. It's almost <laughs> like it's almost like like she just knows your business. It's like what is going on? Like she just and uh, and when she was leaving uh, Ahop in um, Ohio, I'm sorry I said the name. That's that's what you want. Um, she did one of her last sermons, and you know she had a situation. She's going to tell you a little bit about her family and stuff. But she had a situation. People were like, how were you able to to ma- navigate all that? And she said, "I never lost my thank you, Jesus." Let me tell you something. <laughs> I threw my phone. <laughs> I threw my phone. And I screamed. She said, "I never lost my I thank never you." Lost Jesus. it. <laughs> <laughs> we got to turn this a little bit. So, first of all, um, over this last year. Mm-hmm. Your father, I think he passed from COVID. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So you had to deal with that. Yes. Um, then you had another family member that had it, or I know you ended up having it. Yes. And then, oh my gosh, so you had that. Then there was something else that actually went on. What was it? What else was going on? You had something else that you were kind of battling with? Yeah. So my father passed away from COVID. I got pneumonia. Okay. Shortly after that. Then after I had pneumonia, I got COVID and bronchitis together. So that nobody got time for that. Right. It's <laughs> so like two months of my body's my lungs trying to recover from the pneumonia. I had that. Then I had one of my girls uh, here in Florida. I disciple a lot of women. She um, passed away here at a young age. Um, and so uh, it was just like one thing after another. It felt like this whole last year, it's like I couldn't get up for breath. It's like every time I was like, okay. From my dad's death on, it just felt like it was one hit after another. And so uh, what was unique about all, after all those opportunities that, or all those experiences I had, so my father passed away, I had pneumonia, then I had COVID and bronchitis, then my girl passed away. It seemed like at the tail end of each of those events, I was scheduled to preach at the church. So my pastor would call me and my pastors were great. Pastor Mark and Anna Brooks from Ahop Church are amazing, like spiritual parents to me. And they would say like, hey, are you sure you wanna preach? Are you positive? And I would go, yeah, I feel like I'm supposed to. And I realized that it was really my praise that was keeping me above above ground. It was really my worship and my consistency and having to study the word and having to remember all the stuff is going on around me, but he's still faithful. And so that's one of the things I wanted to say on my way out of AHOP, at least as a, as a pastor on staff to say, hey, you wanna know how I've been still standing? I, I really never lost my thank you or my worship. And I got, to, I, I mean, I was taught that from a young age from watching my, especially my mother, and my aunt worshiped through everything. Like you call my mom at any time now, she she could be singing or praying in tongues at any moment. I'd be like, okay, mom, I'll, I'll call you back. <laughs> so <laughs> I get it honest, I get it from her, but it's, it's, the, it's the only thing like back in, I'm thinking back in time to think Talia's watching now and Darius is a part of our Church on Fire Elders thread and Sean um, was there in a season when we were all struggling and praise, right, Sean, was literally our weapon. And and it's a, it's a cute song until you have to do it and you My have God. to use it. <laughs> Listen, um, you know, it's funny you used to say, um, there was another song we used to sing in one voice, My Worship is for Real. Yes. And you, I've been through too much not, not. to worship him. Like, I mean, that, yes. that in itself. And then I think the song goes, hallelujah, hallelujah, yes. right? And My there is something in that hallelujah when you give him the highest praise, the praise that he is worthy of. And so you're right. It is truly our weapon. Yes. So 
So, all right. So you were on staff. Um, you you've been you've been in this space of discipleship for Absolutely. a while. Like that is kind of like your your thing, right? Yes. So you were an RD, you know, at at out at a college. Um, then you went on staff as a you know a staff pastor mm-hmm. in Ohio and in Florida. Mm-hmm. Back to Ohio. Yes. <laughs> Where are you at now? What are you doing now? Yeah, right now I'm the founder and CEO of a ministry called Breed of Pre-Ministry. So we exist to help people embrace their process by providing unique opportunities and resources. So it's for leaders. It's obviously uh, uh, Christian-based because as I'm a follower of Jesus and that's all I know how to provide strength for you is by pointing you to Jesus. And so uh, we just provide different opportunities from virtual Bible studies to um, discipleship courses, to worship nights, to in the future we want to do self-care retreats, just allowing people to say, okay, let me breathe for a minute and really think through the process God has me on. I think a lot of times people are running to a promise without submitting to the process. And so we have to learn. (laughs) What are they doing? They're running to the promise without submitting to the process. Okay. So, so I think sometimes we get a prophetic word or we hear a promise in scripture and all these things are amazing, but we're running to it and not realizing God's probably trying to teach me something in the process. He's trying to build up my character, build up my integrity. And so I know as, as a kid, when I was, you know, naive and get all these prophetic words, I'd be so focused on that prophetic promise that I wouldn't submit to the process to where I was no good when the promise actually came, was showed up. And, so, and I think that that's, a, that's an important piece because... You know, first of all, um, my definition of process, you've heard it before, is yes. a series of events that must take place in order for one big event to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and so we recognize the refiner's fire. In order for, um, you know, a sword to get its edge, it has to go through that fire, right? Mm-hmm. In order for glass to, to become what it needs to be, it needs to be put through the fire. It There's a process that has to happen. And I think more than ever, I have, and I don't know if this is just a generational thing, but more and more I've experienced that as I've gotten older, I've seen more and more of, we're so used to this instant gratification. Absolutely. And we have so much at our, you know, so much at our fingertips now. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that plays a role in some of that? Like, do you think that that has a, plays a role in that? Like, we're like, well, wait a minute, why can't I have this? Right. Have that this quick. Why can't I have this? Well, yeah, I think it does, especially in my generation. We like everything now. We get mad when our Starbucks order doesn't come within five minutes. And so I think generations before I me, mean, like my parents' generation, they knew a lot. They knew how to endure. And scripture says you have need of endurance. We don't like to teach about that or talk about that anymore because that makes means you have to wait and you might have to suffer through a thing. You might have to go through something and actually submit to a process. What I've learned over time in my 33 years of life is that through the process, God brings out integrity and character. He's building something in you so that when the promise comes, you're able, you're actually able to withstand it and hold and hold it up. And so I think we just want things so so quickly, but we don't realize, man, if it comes right now, we're, we won't be able to handle it. It's like the, the movie Bruce Almighty. You know, Jim Carrey wants all these things, you know, coming to him right away is mad at God, and then gives him power to say, hey, okay. You can say yes to all of your all your prayers, and then what happens? The world is getting burned down. He's saying yes to everything, but he didn't realize he didn't have the character or integrity. The world wasn't ready for what what was coming. So, wow, that, I mean, that's that's a whole lot that you said in that. Like that right there could be a whole show. Absolutely, 
I mean, that really could be a whole show because what you're dealing with here is recognizing the fact that sometimes we don't have what it is that God has promised us to have. Right. Because we're not ready for it. Absolutely. There's, there's some things that we got to get. I, it's so funny you said it. Like the person you met back at Delco High School, or I don't even think, yeah, it was Delco High School. It was Delco, yeah. It's not the same man that you have been interacting with over the last three years. True. And that's because I had a whole lot of process that I had to go through. Right. But in the moment, and, and I may be wrong here, in the moment, sometimes we get frustrated because we're like, but wait a minute, I am ready for that. And it's like, no, you, you're not. Right. And then little things come up where you realize at the time, you don't want to own it. But later on down the road, you're like, yeah, I wasn't ready. Right. Like, you, know, you know what I went through, you know, between leaving Cedarville and right. where I'm at now. And at the time, you know, I was ready to blame everybody else. Mm -hmm. And the situation now, I'm like, oh, yeah, I did that. Right. <laughs> you needed that growth process. Yeah. I did that. Like that, you know, I was young and dumb, right? And that's, and this is not, by the way, this is not attacking people who are under the age of 30. Like, I don't want our young listeners to think, oh my gosh, they like aging us and, and talking about, no, no, no. Right. And I've met some very, I've met some very um, mature uh, people under the age of 30. So I'm not going to say that. However, one of the things I do say that is there is something for the, the maturity process that we have to go through. Absolutely. Um, I think about, um, you know, Simone Biles, for instance, that mm -hmm. that decision that she made. And now that we know the whole story, it makes even more sense. Right. She was in a situation where she literally was having she couldn't see the ground and she was getting disoriented when she was in the air doing these complicated twists that make her Simone Biles. Right. And so she had two choices. She said either A, she could just go ahead and do it, knowing that she was having these issues. Right. Hurting herself, which in turn will hurt the team in the long run. Right. Or say, you know what, y'all, I can't do it. And instead of me hurting you all, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to um, I'm going to tap out. Right. So that, that way I don't do any more damage to what we're trying to do as a team. That's right. maturity. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that, that that's something that I think that we have to we have to realize. And so you, you bring up a very good point. So you got the people who are interested in following you on social media. So after this break, I want you to kind of talk, talk about that. Like, how can we get in touch with Bree Dupree? How can we get engaged with what you're doing? What are some projects that you're working on? Right. Um, and, um, and when we will hear from you next time on Headspace with Dr. Mike. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Focused on photo, versed in video, for any media brings visions to life from headshots to family shoots, casual candidates to structured scenes. Our team can provide whatever you need. In Baltimore, you may have seen us at local events such as the Poly City Tailgate or the Randallstown Romp. You can find us on all social media platforms at the number four, any media. For any media, for anything, contact us so we can create. All right. So how do we how do we check out what you're doing, um, Bree? Yeah, you can go to my website, breedupreeministries.com, where you have all updates on all of our events. You can follow me on Facebook, Bree Dupree. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram as at Bree Dupree underscore on Instagram. So we have quite a few things happening right now on every Tuesday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're doing a virtual Bible study on Facebook. 
um, that it's just out there. One, we're talking about why revival tarries, so what it really means for um, revival to come and why it doesn't come and how can we maintain it on a, on, on a um, real scale. I think revival is a word that's being talked a lot about in our churches, which is a good thing, but what is it really? So we're talking through that, and I'm also launching starting next Thursday. We're doing a five-week intensive discipleship course. So I'm showing you how I disciple other people, walking you through the discipleship process, helping you figure out the beginning steps of what your process is. And so that's uh, five weeks um, on Thursday evening, starting at 7 p.m. Um, every Thursday, starting next week. And you can register for that on my website as well. And so we have um, some conferences hopefully coming up. We have uh, Embrace Nights here in Orlando. So if you're in Orlando area, our first one will be on October 17th. We're doing baptisms, hanging out by the pool, worship, um, teaching. It'll just be a great time just to kind of relax and, and enjoy fellowship with one another. So, but you can keep up with me um, on those social media accounts and mainly on my website, breedofpreministries.com. And, uh, you know, my um, uh, nonprofit, um, Restored Hope, is we still have to do a collab or two or seven. Uh, okay. So we'll definitely be working together on that. You yeah. got to have a person who asked, uh, when is the book coming out? Is yeah, there a <laughs> Yes, I'm working on my first book, yes. And Sean is actually part of my team. Sean's my operations director. And so he states on me about those things. So yes, hopefully sometime early next year, you'll see a book coming out from me. So I got a question for you because we have a little bit of time. Why, why, you're the queen of discipleship. Why, why is that important? Like why is discipleship, being engaged in discipleship an important thing? Yeah, it's important because it's how believers learn how to follow Jesus. I think what happens a lot of times is that we have altar calls, which I'm not against altar calls, but we have an altar call, people come up and get saved, and then we don't teach people how to then walk free. Um, it's been years ago, I think I was in high school, where I saw a pastor, he was preaching on this concept of helping people walk free, and he was talking about how these uh, these um, animal care people had picked up this injured lion and they took it back to the facility and got it all taken care of and put it back in the jungle jungle so they dropped the cage in the jungle opened the door the lion went out and went to go play with his family they went back to pick up the cage and the lion was sitting in the cage with the door open and so they were saying how the lion wasn't taught what it meant again to be free because it had been in captivity for so long my god it's the same thing for people who have not known jesus you've been you've been in slavery to sin for so long that it's easy to go back to it because that's what you know. And uh, so if we don't actually walk you through the process of learning how to be free, then you're just gonna go back to that cage. So we can't keep getting mad at people who are like, well, did you just go to the altar last week? Yeah, but who actually took them by their hand and said, well, this is what freedom looks like. This is what, you know, it's, it's like what they talk about where battered women go back to their abusive husbands. It's not because they like that, but they're used to it. So we gotta teach them, hey, this might be tough, but freedom is amazing and it looks good. And so. That's why I think discipleship is so vital and important. We have to teach people what freedom looks like and actually walk with them. And it's a long, Eugene Peterson said, discipleship is a long journey in the same, it's a long journey in the same direction. So it's me making the same obedience every day in the same direction. And so it takes time, but it's worth it when you can see people actually embrace what it means to, to be free. My goodness, that, that, I mean, that, that right there is impressive because that's so true. I, I've never heard anybody explain it that way. Like you got to teach people how to be free. Absolutely. Because we've been so used to just live. I mean, our natural inclination is to be bound to sin. Like right. that's, that's where we're born into the world. We're, right. we're born into sin. Like, and nobody likes to teach that, but that is true. Like that's who we are. Like it, it's the only thing 
that separates me from anybody else is the blood of Jesus. I've accepted, you know, that gift that he gave, right? Right, that's so, right. So with that, that's our inclination. And you still have to look. And I mean, I think that that could apply to other aspects of our lives too. Oh, absolutely. Right? If, if, if all I knew was an abusive relationship with my father, then how can I know what being a, a father that doesn't abuse my child looks like? Absolutely. Or the same thing with a mother. Or if I'm used to, um, you know, just being taken advantage of in all the re social relationships that I've been in. Right. Then help me understand what a healthy relationship looks like. Right. And those are things that come up in those discipleship sessions. Like we start out with learning about what the text says about being a follower of Christ, but then also by you bonding with the people that you're in the group with and interacting with the leader, right. Right, you start, it, it becomes its own little community, which is a piece that, you know, we need to make sure we have in order to navigate through these troubled waters. Absolutely. And people need, they just need support. We weren't meant to do life alone. We are meant to do life in community and community has to sit, sit through all the chaos of life and the process and the journey. You need people who are walking alongside you and saying, Hey, I want to embrace this process with you. And I want, I want to figure it out all the ups and downs. So it leaves just being us looking at the text and us now living the text. Mm. How do we live the text? And so that's, that's why I think discipleship is vital to what we do as believers. It, ha it has to happen. Free to pre ministries. I tell you what, you guys uh, need to check her out. Definitely check her out on all her social media. Um, she has clips galore. Um, I'm telling you, even her TikTok, she posts things that she, I'm telling you, I, I was through that phone. Let's go ahead and take this last break so we can close out for the people. Follow the Headspace with Dr. Mike Show on all social media platforms at Headspace DM. We want to keep you up to date on all of our hot topics and keep the dialogue going even after the show. We also value what's important to you and your community. DM your show ideas to us on Instagram or Facebook. The next time you log on, you may hear Dr. Mike discussing the very topic or issue close to your heart. Huh, well, that was a quick hour, wasn't it? It sure was. It went by like that. My goodness. I tell you what, I have a date with my bed. Come on. Yeah, you need rest. Get back in this bed, y'all, and let my body do what it's supposed to do and recuperate. Yes, please. We have a busy week. We are... Um, I know down in Florida, y'all are all the way live down there, but we we still taking our time up here in Maryland. And our church is not has not been open to all the members since the middle of March 2020. Right. And we are actually preparing to open back up uh, the third weekend in September. And so we have a whole lot and a lot of the festivities actually start next week with some preemptive stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so I got a busy week ahead of me, so I need to get all the rest I can now so I can be ready. But uh, right. it was so good to have you Thank on you. the show. Are, are you going to come back and talk to us at some at some point? Absolutely. You just tell me when. I'll all be right. Good. I'm had to get you. In. We, we may even have to do a show with all the elders so y'all can experience the, the craziness that ensues. Because <laughs> um, it really is a mess. It is. Truly <laughs> a mess. We probably can't share everything that we talked about. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't let y'all in on everything, but we can let y'all in on something. But everybody, I wish you the peace that only God can give you all this week. May the I just pray that you get restored this week, everybody. Enjoy this weekend. It's Labor Day weekend. Uh, most of you uh, get Monday off, um, but if you don't, you know, enjoy your time and a half. 
when you get your next paycheck, but then also, um, you know, try to take some time off for yourself. But um, my prayer for you all is that you just have some peace. So with that being said, all the headspacers, peace. Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in to Headspace with Dr. Mike. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to follow us on social media at Headspace DM to continue the dialogue with other Headspacers regarding today's show. Everyone is filling their Headspace with something. The question is, what are you filling yours with? Tune in next week.